Man, we got a full house today. Good morning, church. Everybody's bright and chipper. Got an extra hour of sleep. Or did you, or did you squander your time and stay up an hour later? That's probably, that's probably more like it. Um, we're still in the book of Mark. Um, today we're going to be in uh, chapter 12, verses 38 through 44. If you want to open your Bibles or open your Bible apps. Um, but before we get into it, I'm going to just prelude with Jesus is going to be talking about the difference between the religious elite and the average everyday person. Some of the religious leaders in Jesus' day, as you know, he's already confronted them. Some of those religious leaders lacked authentic faith. And in this pericope, he's going to be showing his disciples and giving them clues and indicators on what authentic faith looks like. So my question for you today is how do you spot a fraud? I'm not talking about phishing scams and and emails and, and clickbait, but in the context of today's message, I'm talking about religious fraud. So I did what any wise pastor would do, and I asked chat GPT. (laughs) So here's what chat says. Detecting religious fraud can be challenging, as often it involves people exploiting the faith and trust and others for personal gain. So if you Google religious frauds, you might get a wide array of hits depending on, on how you put your, put your sentences together. But let's consider this gentleman, Pope Leo X. He came from a very wealthy family, the Medici family. If I say that right, I'm not Italian. But the Medici family was very wealthy, so much so that the, the family name was, was coined a dynasty. So if that speaks to money if your family name is correlated to dynasty. He had much wealth, um, but he lost it funding an expensive Italian war. So in order to reclaim some of that loss, he spent the church revenue. In order to reclaim that, he took up a building fund. He was going to build St. Peter's Basilica, but he was short on cash. So he asked, well, he didn't ask. So he came up with this concept and this idea of indulgences. If you don't know what that is, an indulgence is is tied to a, a Catholic doctrine of purgatory. And purgatory is an interim holding place where the deceased would go. Uh, and, and it's like a pit stop or an exit, if you will, before you get to heaven. And in purgatory, the sins are washed and cleansed further before you enter into the presence of God. Now, we don't find this in the Bible. It's a, it's a heresy. But Pope Leo decides to tack on a buy-in or a, a plan that you can buy indulgences and then thereby shortening the time that you would stay in purgatory. Well, that sounds like a great idea. Uh, if you got a little extra cash, right? Like, let's do that. Um, so people were motivated to, to get and to meet with God. 
Um, and so they would buy these indulgences. Now I can see Mark back there taking notes. We have a building and we need a building and, and Mark is like, wait a minute. He wasn't very good at history and he didn't even think about this. So I'm telling you, if Mark starts selling indulgences in the future, between now and the time we open our campus, he's a fraud. All right, let's fast forward a couple hundred years to Joanna Southcott. Um, She's relatively unknown, at least, well, let's say in my world. I don't have a, a, a recollection of this story, but she was a self-proclaimed prophetess that um, claims to be visited by the Holy Spirit. And she said that the Holy Spirit told her that she's the woman spoken of in Revelation 12.1. She also prophes- prophesied that she was going to... Uh, through immaculate conception, bring forth the second coming of Christ under some alias name of Shiloh. So this created, um, sorry, let's take a step back. So she would write these prophecies, take these notes, and making these claims, and then she put them in a sealed box. And then she said, nobody can open this box until a later time, and this will prove that I'm a true prophet. So you don't get to see it, you don't get to see it play out, you don't get to see what she's prophesying. Um, but unfortunately, she died in 1814 without ever giving birth, and her followers were divided and disappointed. In 1927, they opened that box, and inside were some papers, a handgun, a lottery ticket, and no fulfilled prophecies. Her followers kind of faded off into history. Um, you're going to like this next one. So another couple hundred years, and we got Jim Baker and his wife, Tammy Faye. That cat looks super happy. I think he's a little disappointed that she's wearing the collar. <laughs> Jim, and, Jim and Tammy Faye founded the PTL Club. PTL is Praise the Lord. They had a huge television ministry in the 70s. And one of their most famous claims or one of their most famous things that the PTL did was they created a theme park exclusively for Christians, and it was the Heritage USA. If you look at the pictures, it's, it's like Disneyland, but it's for Christians. Um, instead of the happiest place on earth, think of the holiest place on earth. Tammy and Jim, they misused their, uh, the church donations to fund their lifestyles. That lady wears a lot of makeup. They oversold the timeshares and the lifetime memberships to the theme park. So everything was double booked. Um, they became celebrities, but it all crumbled under the weighty accusations of fraud, infidelity, and rape. Jim and Tammy ended up divorced, and Jim served time in prison. So sometimes, sorry, so in celebrity is really what I wanted to talk about. So the celebrity can get to the leaders, can get to the church leaders. The, wor- the first warning side of a fraud might be celebrity, not Not every celebrity is a fraud, 
but most frauds will seek celebrity status. Throughout Mark's gospel, we've seen in the past where Jesus is clashing with the established, this established religion or the establishment. The religious leaders of the Old Testament law were, were the Jewish elite. They were, highly, they were highly educated, responsible for preserving God's word and interpreting that to the people and then also teaching the next generation. They were highly respected in every aspect of society. And they were held in a position of great authority because of their knowledge, their dedication, and the outward, and put emphasis on that, the outward appearance of keeping God's law. They controlled, they controlled the temple, and they also controlled people's access to God. Some religious leaders today have the ability to do the same thing. I tend to think about the Roman Catholic Pope or the LDS church authorities. Based on the organization, the position, the, the honor is almost automatic. These are respectable organizations at minimum, and nobody ends up there by accident. So they get honor just because of their position without knowing anything about them. Their portraits are displayed in church buildings and even in some homes. Does that mean that the evangelical church is immune? Not at all. You don't have, that Google search can take you down other rabbit holes where evangelical pastors are involved in scandals as well. About 12 years ago, um, my wife and I were starting our family. Kids were growing a couple years old. Um, I think London was two, Trig was about four. And we, we were going to a different church. And it was, a much, it, was a much, it was a church where we came to faith. It was a church where we got baptized. It was a great, it was a great church. Um, but it wasn't as close to our house. We had moved out here to Syracuse, and, and we started feeling just this leading and this prompting to, to really want our kids to be in, in, connected into a local church, hopefully that they could be connected with other Christian kids in their school and somebody to do life with, and that was kind of our motivation and our goal. And so we, we started checking out some churches, and we ended up at Alpine. So we went into Alpine, got greeted, coffee, got a great message. Kids had a good time. Awesome. Let's do that again. So we went, we went back again. And it was like, wait, that's not the same guy. This is a different guy giving the message. We had come from a church where there was a hierarchy, and you had the, the senior pastor, you had the big guy up top, and then you had executive pastors. That, that senior pastor must have taught most of the year. I don't know how much vacation a pastor gets. I don't know how often they're sick. But, you know, he, pro he, he probably taught most of the year. And we were used to being fed by one person. If we're not in our Bibles and we're being fed by one person, we could be led astray. We came to Alpine several weeks in a row and a different guy, a different guy. It was like, that took some getting used to, but I so love the model that Alpine has because it protects you as the flock from being fed from just one person and hearing just one thing. 
And it also protects me from becoming a celebrity. Because you're not going to see me all the time. Some of you are like, dang it, maybe the kids. (laughs) And then the rest of you are like, thank heavens, there is a Lord. So I can't really say what Jesus would say about our modern day pastors and leaders and teachers, but we can take a look and see what Jesus has to say about the religious elite in his day. And I am like playing video games, excuse me. So Jesus also taught, beware of these teachers of religious law, for they like to parade around in flowing robes and receive respectful greetings as they walk in the marketplaces. Oh, how they love the seats of honor in the synagogues and the head table at banquets. Jesus opens with, beware. It's like if he showed up here saying, beware of those Alpine church pastors. These religious leaders aren't who they say they pretend to be. They've been given status. They've been given the right job description. But that job title puts them beyond scrutiny or question. They love the respect. They get the best seats at the banquets, the synagogues, the World Series, and the Super Bowl. They like to play parade around in flowing robes. That's hard for me to imagine men parading around in robes. It's just not our culture. Kids, this is like these guys loved showing off their drip. Right? Their drip or their clothing was what set them apart from the rest of society. We can often tell a lot about a person or maybe hints about something that they're, you know, just by the way they're dressed. Today it would be equivalent of someone wearing all of the the name brands, the expensive brands. So there there is a difference between prominence and credibility. These guys had prominence, but maybe they lacked credibility. We live in a cel- uh, <laughs> we live in a celebrity-oriented culture. We assume, especially you young kids, students, we assume that famous is better, or somehow that famous is more believable. And maybe even that famous, like famous people, like their opinions matter. Why? Why do their opinions matter? We all love to follow, to listen to our favorite famous religious leader, right? We've got our famous podcast sermons. We've got our favorite worship music We've got our favorite Christian authors. But these are, these are fallible men. Are we spending more time in Christian books than we are in God's word? Is your church, is the reason you came to church to hear the band? Our band is awesome. But it's, <laughs> but it's, not, it's not just about the band. 
It's not about the light show. It's not about the band. If it is, we've got problems. See, Jesus wants to make sure that we don't love fame or a famous person more than we love God. Celebrity that corrupts character leads to hypocrisy. One of the biggest pushbacks that we will receive as Christians from the secular world is that why are you so hypocritical? Why do they say that? Is it because we say one thing and we do another? I mean, that's the definition of hypocrisy, right? Our actions don't line up with our words. We say we love Jesus. We say we're here to honor God, but there's, there's, we're out of alignment somehow. Hypocrisy is not just a church thing. It's a human thing. Anybody kept their New Year's resolution? You're all a bunch of hypocrites. And if you say yes, then you're a liar. <laughs> and you're in worse trouble. Hypocrisy combined with religion, though, dishonors God. There are no secrets with Jesus. Jesus knows and sees all. In Luke 12, 2, it says, The time is coming when everything that is covered up will be revealed, and all that is secret will be, na- be known to all. See, there's this gap between reputation and character. Let's move on through Mark. Verse 40, Yet shamelessly, yet they shamelessly cheat widows, out of their property, and then to be, pretend to be pious by making long prayers in public. Because of this, they will be more severely punished. So the prominent religious leaders are admired by everyone, and yet they're not doing what honors God. Abusing widows was strictly denounced in the Old Testament law. These religious leaders claimed to hold Scripture so near and dear to their hearts. Perhaps they even had it memorized. Look what the prophet Isaiah says. What sorrow awaits the unjust judges and those who issue unfair laws. They deprive the poor of justice and deny the rights of the needy among my people. They prey on widows and take advantage of orphans. We've got a situation where, and a contrast between reputation and character. Your reputation is what people think of you. It's your profile picture. It's what you post online. It's the places you go. It's the things that you do. It's the drip. 
that, that you share with people, you show them this squeaky, clean exterior. The character is who you are when nobody's around. Who are you when no one is around? When you're driving, what are you saying to that person in front of you that just cut you off? (laughs) If you have a student, I know what you say, so you better come clean. (laughs) Students have a way of ratting out their parents. The things under your breath, what's your attitude? What's your outward attitude to other people? We're supposed to love God and love people. Jesus had a terrible reputation with the religious leaders. Terrible. But Jesus had and still does have perfect character. The religious leaders had perfect reputation and they had terrible character. That makes sense. God's kingdom is like twisted and it's upside down. He inverts it. Everything that we think is right is wrong and and, and we all... We all fall short. We all need to be corrected. One last aspect to talk about this morning um, about religious fraud. Jesus is still in the temple. But in the next few verses, he's going to call his disciples together. So this is a conversation that he had with them. I think of it like a football huddle. Like, hey, guys, get over here. Like, see that, see that lady over there? Keep an eye on her. Pay attention. So let's see what he says. Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple, and he watched as the crowds dropped in their money. Many rich people put in large amounts. Then the poor widow came and dropped in two small coins. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth. This poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions. For they gave a tiny part of their surplus. But she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. Again, Jesus flips everything on his head. So we have the large giving contrasted with the small giving. And then Jesus flips it and said, the small giving, the tiny, is the everything. What gives? Tithing is biblical. How much should you give? I don't know. That's between you and God. The religious leaders claimed to be close to God, and they gave a lot. 
but it was a small portion of what they had. I don't know how much you should give, but we should be generous. I do know that Jesus said in Matthew 6, 19, where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Follow the money. Follow the money. With any fraud, with any scam, with any Ponzi, follow the money. Where'd the money go? Jesus said it first. So, it's time to land the plane. So today's question is, how do you spot a fraud? Frauds are nothing new, as we went back in history and saw. There's always going to be religious frauds. Mark's going to try to sell you indulgences next week. I just know it. The enemy of God will always try to infiltrate. He will attempt to discredit and destroy his church. Not Satan's church, God's church. (laughs) And God's people. So stay alert and read God's word. Read it for yourselves. Don't take my word for it. Don't just look at the slides, but but study it for yourself. Take it into your own heart. Even more important on spotting a fraud is the question... Are you a spiritual fraud? Am I a spiritual fraud? Because the Bible is a mirror. I don't know about anybody else in here, but the more I read this book, the worse I feel. The closer you get to Christ, the probably the worse you'll feel about yourself. Don't worry, it's working. Who do you most identify with in this story? There was a few characters. We had Jesus, we had the disciples, we had the religious leaders, and we had the widow. If you say Jesus, again, you're a liar. That's not really part. So you got three three answers. If you're the widow, that's awesome. And I'd like to think of myself as a disciple. I'd like to think of myself as somebody that's close to Jesus and wanting to learn and paying attention. But if I'm honest, and this is the hard part, if I'm honest, I gravitate towards being the religious leader. I long for money. I long for drip. I long for hair. (laughs) We all struggle with the the flesh. The flesh is, is a real thing. And it's not going to go away. That tendency to be that religious leader is always going to be there. We're going to feather our own nests before we think of others. If we're not in God's word every day, we will be like a religious leader. The religious leaders in this story are kind of like the bad guys. We love when Jesus comes in and corrects them and and beats up the bad guys. But I I can't help but think, and maybe it's just me, but we hate who we are. 
we hate the religious leaders because we can see ourselves or we can see them in us. And if I'm honest with myself, I don't like the religious leaders and I don't like the religious leader that wants to come out. 